You're listening to a podcast from the Finnish Football Show. Yes, it's the Finnish Football Show. Uh, I'm Mark Wiltshire. I'm joined today by, only by Rich at the moment. Hi, Rich. Hey. And we're fast approaching the business end of the season when the Vekas Liga splits into two. <laughs> the Mesteras Saria, or Champion Series, and the Hastia Saria, the Challenger Series. So I think we'll we'll take a, a bit of a detailed look at that today at the... Uh, the recent Bakehouse League action, including just WTF, have they put in the water in Vaza? And who's tampered with the lasagna in Saniocchi? I think they both need to be investigated, Rich. We, yes, well, uh... as an Arsenal fan of that era, I remember <laughs> the lasagna at, uh, at Tottenham. So, yeah, it's nice. And if you don't know what we're talking about, check the check the, the blog post because there's a little link in there. Uh, we previously discussed uh, Finnish clubs in European action. Unfortunately, that's now singular. There's a Finnish club just about in European action. So we'll take a look at HJK Helsinki's annual tour of all three European competitions. And we'll also look at the final stages of the Suomen Cup. And we're hoping Keck is going to join us for this show. If he does, we'll do some Finns overseas as well. But... Uh, I think, listener, you will. We are on the same cliffhanger that we're on at the moment as to whether that will take place or not. And yes, we we know that next week are uh, the Euro uh, qualifying games for the Finnish national team. We'll be back before then to uh, to cover those in a in a bit more detail. The squad will be announced soon, and we'll we'll look at that and and look forward to the, the those two games next week. But, Rich, if you're ready, the referee's ready. Let's let's start by just looking at uh, Hoyiko in Europe. Um, and I said the annual tour of the European competitions because I am a bitch. Um, but they started <laughs> in the Champions League. Uh, they won their first qualifying round against Lahn from Northern Ireland. That was 3-2 on extra time, uh, not sorry, next time, on an aggregate, sorry, after extra time. Um, they then went into the second qualifying round against Molde from uh, Norway. They won the first game, which we talked about in the last show. Unfortunately, they went down 2-1 in the next leg, so they they lost 2-1 on an aggregate, lost 2-0 in the second leg, went out 2-1 on an aggregate, so they dropped into the Europa League against Karabag, Rich, from Azerbaijan. Yeah, now Karabakh have a, a reasonable European pedigree. Um, they do. Again, um, they've played some of the, the biggest clubs over the last few years, being in the, in the Champions League. But um, I think it was a tricky tie for, for Hoyiko. And going there, they lost the first leg. Um, again, they did equalise. They went 1-0 down in the, the second half. They equalised through uh, Anthony Olasanya and then um, conceded again uh, shortly afterwards. But the home leg... Um, that there was some, I don't know, aggravation around it, I guess, because Hoiko took the lead quite early in the second leg um, to equalise, go 2-2 on aggregate, and then they lost 
uh, Kevin Kovasi Benesan to two yellow cards in two minutes. So they basically played 75 minutes with 10 men. Is this what against... Ali was so furious about? Yes, yes. And why he and, was uh, sharing photos with us of UEFA mafia flags and, and exactly. things like that. He went full in... Trump in his conspiracy mode, didn't he? <laughs> they were trying to stop the count, but it was... Yeah. Um, I think Ali, that's why Ali's not here, he's been impeached. But yeah. it's... Um, the, 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 that is, again, it's Hoiko with some grounds I generally find that in European games they, they tend to be on the, the receiving end of some rather poor refereeing um, the, the game against Roma last year uh, was a, a case in point and um, and this time around they went down to 10 minutes I mean one of the yellow cards was stupid and dumb I mean the other was a bit hit and miss but um, and then they uh, conceded I think in the third minute of injury time okay, in the first yeah. half a uh, penalty there uh, which I don't know Again, some refs might not have given it. And and then Carabag went on to, to win 4-2 on aggregate, um, which then meant that, as you say, their annual tour of the three, uh, they've dropped into the Europa Conference League. Now, again, they got into Conference League two seasons ago, mm. uh, had a really unfortunate group there and... and uh, in terms of the the opposition, anyway, that was, that, was that with like Roma and Ludogorets and teams like that? No, that that was in terms of appeal. Oh, um, I see. Lask from Austria, I think. Oh, the top sorry, yes, and, yes. And that, yeah. Um, but this time they they still got to play the playoff round. So have they gone in at a slightly earlier stage this time because of when they yeah, so they, they yeah. So they didn't go straight into the group stage. So because they went out, you need to win two ties. Okay. To get into the group stage, because they've only won one so far. Um, so they dropped into the conference league and they've played. So it would have been either Farrell Constanta, who was a character in Seinfeld, I believe, and um, <laughs> and also they, a football club from Romania. Let's be indeed, clear. And and uh, they beat Floritalin, who were the team that Asipol beat yes, last year. Yeah. Um, so they playing Farrell, who I believe are owned by Georgie Hadji or a conglomerate oh, right. involving Georgie Hadji. Uh, their sporting director is Jorge Popescu. Okay. Barcelona Spurs kind of 90s midfielder and um their star striker is the son of Rivaldo. Rivaldo. Oh really? <laughs> yes. Um who scored for them last week actually. Um so Hoyko went 1-0 up uh, early in the second half. Um I've seen varying I mean that the angle of the goal I've seen hasn't been great. It's either Yoda Doivia or an own goal. Omar Mali strikes again. Um mm. but then Rivaldinho scored um Shortly afterwards, to equalise, and uh, they won. They lost two one. So Farrell scored uh, in the last ten minutes. So uh, as we're recording now, they are two one down on aggregate and going into the second leg at home on Thursday night. And if they don't progress from that tie, they are out of Europe. Which yes. for Hoyko, as we've said previously many times, their kind of start of the season goal is always win the title and group stage of the European competition. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, and I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. But uh, well, yeah, I always it, I say to yeah. I say here at home, I say, you know, really want to see uh, the Finnish teams progress in Europe. And then I realised the impact that them progressing in Europe actually has on the chances of anyone else winning the Vakehouse League. It's, it's very bittersweet. It is. And um, and I think this year, especially um, Honka went out in the first round. Haka went out in the first round. Cooks went out at the first their first round, they played in the second round. but um, And it's been disappointing because Hoyga haven't played particularly well either. 
And you think after the last few years of Hoiko, I got to group stages and Cups have had a couple of good runs as well. Uh, Asikot got through at least one tie last year. So for everyone, by not Hoiko to go out of the first round is um, is disappointing. And if Hoiko mm. don't get through, um, while the financial rewards for making a group stage are vast, and we've already seen the financial discrepancy between Hoiko and the rest of the clubs, mm. um, it is a shame because whether it's coefficient points or it actually distracts Hoiko for the rest of the season and gives them a bit of a chance. Um, you know, but it is a shame. I mean, if they go out to to this side, I mean, I, I've only read a couple of bits about them, so I don't know much. But um, mm. but again, for, for Hoiko to go out at this stage after the last two years where they've shown genuine progression just goes to show what a shambles the club really has been over the last year, 18 months or so. Well, Ali, we know you'll be listening. Uh, I don't know. I'm guessing you'll be there now. Ali's now based in Helsinki, so I guess he, he would have done whatever he can to get a, a ticket for the game on Thursday. So uh, maybe we should uh, ask him to record his thoughts, or at least he'll, he'll be here next week to tell us his thoughts when we look forward to the uh, to the Finland games. Um, and we'll look at the standings. I mean, we're a bit early to be talking about Europe for next year, I suppose. <laughs> this is the thing with the finished season, isn't it? Like, we're we're coming towards the end of it, seeing who's going to qualify for a competition that's only really just gearing up the previous the previous year. But we uh, we, we have this every year. Yeah, it's the joys um, of being a summer league. Yeah, ex- exactly right. Exactly right. So with that, then, let's let's move on to the Vakehouse Liga. Um I was I was also hoping that Ali would be here to talk about um Hoyiko and what he's seen of the team recently. Um in the in the blog post each each time we look at the Vakehouse League I just sort of do a uh, a copy and paste of the of all the fixtures so if you look back through the through all the different uh, episodes the notes for each episode you'd see all the uh, all the scores during that that period but where we're where we're sitting now, uh, with fixtures up to the twenty seventh of August this year, is most teams have now played twenty one games. There's only Inter and Lati that have got a game in hand, which they're playing tomorrow, Wednesday the thirtieth. So, having played all those games, you've got Hoyiko top with forty three points, Cups second with forty two points, Asikor third thirty eight points, Vaza fourth with 33 points and we'll come back to well all of those teams I guess but certainly we'll come back to talking about what Barza are up to um Honker in fifth with 32 and Olu in sixth on 31 let's let's pause there for a minute because that that group of six is relevant maybe Rich if anyone's not familiar with this you can just explain how the uh how the season splits in a moment or it, it, at the end of next week anyway yeah, so um, so essentially the, the 12 teams split into two. Uh, the top six play five more rounds uh, against each other and the bottom six do the same. So they split um, and, yeah, they, they go on to five more rounds of games. We do have the weird sort of thing where then the team in seventh will invariably have more points than team six, but that's how it works. Um, so, yeah, so there is still, again, we're recording this before the Interlaki game on Wednesday night, but... Um, but basically, I think most other than that, it's it's fairly set. We've got um, the bottom five are going to be guaranteed. And I think the top, 
Actually, no, I think VPS could still, but yeah, it's um, it's it's a bit close in the kind of the mid the mid group, but um, but yeah, and then we go on to five more rounds, and there is a set fixture structure for those, so there is actually an incentive for the for certain teams they get more home games, and um, the league does. I mean, it's hard to predict, but they do like a title decider on the mm. final day, unlike say in, in England, for example, where they definitely don't. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're guaranteed to have. So no matter what happens at the end of this week, when Hoyk will host Cups on Sunday, which is the last game of the regular season, mm. um, the final round of the final, you know, in, in October will be the team that ends this season in first at home to the team that comes second. So and, and well actually, looking be, looking at yeah. where things are at the moment, that will be Hoyk or Cups because yeah, it, it, they're 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 playing each other on Sunday, so the minimum points. The, the the minimum that will happen is that each team will get one point and yeah. there'll still be then four or five points or five or six points ahead of Asikor in third. So that that's that will be their final game of the season. It just depends, I guess, who's at home. Yeah, so essentially if, if Cooks win on Sunday, then the final round of the championship group will be Cooks against Hoiko. Yeah. If if Cooks don't win, it'll be Hoiko v Cooks. Yeah. Um, whether that still means anything, because I think is it last year that happened? Yes. Hoyko had already won the title and then Cooks won on the last day to kind of narrow the gap. But, uh, yes, yeah. The title had already gone. So, um, so yeah. And, and, and am, I, is, am I right that, like, is it the top the top three teams get three home games and two away and then the, the bottom three teams of that six get three away games and two at home? Something like something like that, uh, isn't it? There's something a... like that. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the same thing happens in the bottom half of the table. So... Let's just go through those for the record. There's Inter in seventh with 28 points, Hucker in eighth with 21 points. So there's a bit of a gap there. Uh, Ilves in ninth with 20 points, Cortebe, who only came up last season, um, in 10th place, also on 20 points, Lati, 11th place on 19 points, and Mariaham in 12th on 15 points. And it's only been recently that anything of a gap has really opened up at the bottom there. It's all been fairly tight. It's only now last in 11th, if that's where they finish, we'll then have a playoff with the second place team from the uh, division below the Ukkonen um, and Mariham will go, would go straight down. So, um, and having, having seen Mariham throw away a two nil lead and, and in the, in the final minute winner for Ashley on, on Saturday, their confidence has got to be has got to be struggling a bit at the moment to get those points back. Yeah, I mean they they changed their manager last week. Um, again, we'll talk about the uh, Caroselli mm, um, mm. shortly. But um, but yeah, they they changed their manager last week and um, they've been on a dreadful run and they did go tuning up, didn't they? But uh, they, the, the bounce, oh, yes, the bounce lasted for uh, about fifty minutes. Yeah, that's back down to that's true, um, and. We've talked, well, I thought it was earlier this year, but it was almost a year ago. We talked about the the restructuring of the entire Finnish league system. I think we should <laughs> drop drop the shoulder and give that a swerve today, Rich, and, and pick that up again later in the season because it's complicated. It 
I, I just about got my head around it, but I do need a picture to, to help me to help me navigate it. And also, in a way, it doesn't matter exactly who's playing who. Wait till the end of the season, see what the teams are, and then see how it affects your side. Well, it's only, it's only relevant really for the teams that are currently in in Uken and Kakenham. So the Vegas yes. League teams going down will be the same as they were. Yes. Um, so that's something we can talk about when we, we have probably less to talk about and talk about the Ukenham yeah, as that exactly. approaches the end because that also splits um I think that's this weekend as well. So yes. that um so again once once that happens then we'll talk about that and the kind of odd naming structure and everything else. But it's how they're it's how they're trying to I say professionalise, but how to prepare teams better for when Spring, they come up strengthen that sec- yeah so basically yeah. just just as a reminder for the listener there there will be a new level um Bakehouse Liga will be 12 sides then there'll be this Ukus Liga of 10 teams then Ukkunen of 12 and then three Kakunen divisions of 10 and yes. that's enough for now that's all you need to know yeah listener we'll tell you the details a bit later in the in the season I've, when I've it matters. gone cross-eyed yeah well do you know do you know it's funny I was looking at it today and really really like oh this diagram's so difficult and then my stepson Topius came in I said Have we were talking well, then we were talking in Finnish and I was like you know this is so complicated and this is what's happening and then as I started to say it you know saying it out loud even in Finnish helped <laughs> helped me to get my head around it and he sat there and like just scratched his head and we got to the end of it and said, let's never talk about this moment ever again. <laughs> <laughs> like goodwill hunting. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Ali's not here to give his kind of closer perspective of, of Hoyiko, but let's talk through some of the, some of the teams that have been doing notable things. And, and I suppose sort of starting at the top of the table with Hoyiko, what's, what's been going on there recently? When I, I tell you, I tell you as a, as a comparison, um, I've got the league table from when we did the last show when most teams have played 16 or 17 games. Hoyikor were third with 31 points. And now, four games later, they've um, they've, they've basically won all their, their last four games and put themselves top. Yeah, it's, um, it's a strange one because after, and I'm not sure again what point we did the last pod, had they sacked the coach? I'm not sure. Um, I think they might have done. And um, they have really kind of ground into this form that they have done. And and over the last, certainly the last two years, probably longer, they've been quite slow starters and then really get into this kind of groove in the league anyway. Mm. Um, and yeah, four games in a row. They, they've made a lot of signings um, in the kind of the summer window. Uh, weirdly, not many of them have played in the European games but they are playing in, in the domestic games. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, the the, the, the Asikor game that, that you saw was quite an impressive one for them. They then beat Maraham, which isn't difficult. Um, they won at Inter and, and then last week beat Olu. But again, they're not playing great, but they have a big squad. They have the ability to rotate players. Um, you know, it's Hoyko, they've got bags of money. It's like Scrooge McDuck and Aki mm. and there. They're just, um, if they're struggling, <laughs> just buy a new player. But it's, um, you know, that they are grinding these wins out. And I think because Asiko are on this terrible run of, as they'd lost four up until last weekend. And Coops were doing okay. I mean, Coops had won their last three 
prior to the weekend in the league, but then um, dropped points away to Haka and has has left this kind of opportunity now for Oyekor to go into the split mm. at the head of the table. And um, as, as we said earlier, how that dissolves, we'll, we'll find out more after Sunday afternoon. But The Vakehouse um, Liga website, where you go into the um, Tilastot, which is the tables um, section, um, and, t- and choose the teams, as well as looking at many, many seasons back in history. Um, you can also choose um, like the, the current form and you can sort of select from the last, well, um, actually any number, any number of games, it defaults to five. Um, so looking at, looking at that, you're, yeah, you're right. Last five games, Hoyiko have won all five of theirs, um, 13 goals, four and five against, and they're second in the form table to VPS Vaza. I mean, we, we were, we were, effusive with our praise in the last podcast i didn't expect to have to do it two shows in a row and as yeah as a ascicore fan it it brings me it pains me it pains me but bars are top of the form table they've won five in the last five 13 goals scored four against so they're they're sitting above hoyicore in that and and just a little bit more um it's now nine straight wins I mean, they had a really, really wobbly start to the season. And, you know, I think we were all wondering quite if they were going to get any anywhere. But nine nine straight wins, um, six clean sheets among that, um, and 22 scored and four against. Now, far be it from me to put a, a black and gold slant on everything, but of those four goals, we did score two of them at their <laughs> stadium. So, you know, small, very small victories there. But um, what's gone right at Vaza? Um, I think they had a tricky fixture list to start with. And they one of these weird things is that they weren't playing badly. Um, I mean, last season they were quite unpredictable. They scored quite a few goals, but defensively they weren't great. Um and I think as we've seen now where where we've had six of the 12 Vegas League clubs have changed their manager. Now, um, you'll see Nurela has, had he been at a different club, had he been whatever the circumstances were, I think after 12 games, they were bottom of six points. And he had brought these players in who weren't doing particularly well. Some were playing really well, but just nothing was clicking. And whatever he's done over these last nine games, he's got um, Peter Michael, who's a Nigerian, kind of a nomadic uh, striker who's been around the the Nordic leagues, who was doing very little. He'd scored, I think, one league goal prior to this run. He's now scored eight goals Mm. in in those nine games. Mm. Um, Mm. They've signed uh, an Australian for called Harrison Sawyer from, I think he'd been playing in India. He's scored, I think it's four, three in his five games, uh, an aggregate of about a goal every 70 minutes. And got players like Ronnie Hudd, who I think I talked about in the last episode, he's mm. been an under-21 player. He's fantastic. He's really, really good. He was good last year as well. Um, they've got a Russian midfielder, uh, Bashir, Bashkirov, who... I think he's, he's got a real sort of drive and, a, and an engine to him. And I think it's just one of those things that it just seems that because they've lost their five games before this night as well, so they've come into this run somehow off the back of five straight defeats. And 
it's ridiculous because mm. they're now going for 10 in a row. I think they're playing Mariaham in the final game on Sunday. And you kind of think, of, well, what, what point do you think will 10 in a row? They're now on that sort of form that had they not been so bad to start, or had their form not been so bad to start with, they'd be really threatening for the title. Yeah, absolutely, um, they would. You know, so, so now they're at a point where they're fourth, they're um, five points behind Asikos. So, but again, the, the confidence that they're in, the form they're in, they look like they can't lose and they've forgotten how to lose, which isn't a bad place to be. But they know that, you know, that the last few games have been against lower lower table teams. They know that now I think they're virtually assured of, of playing in that championship group. So yeah, I mean they they maybe need they maybe need a point or or two yeah. to be guaranteed. Yeah. But then if if things below them teams yeah. below them don't win then they're then they're there, aren't yeah. they? So. Or if it, if Rinter don't win their game in hand on, on Wednesday night then, then they're guaranteed. But um but I think yes. Okay. Yeah. But I think um but then these final five games they'll be playing the other five teams who finish in the top half. So um, so again, we'll see. But but no one's going to want to play them either, are they? No, of course not. And and I think you know Ola are in poor form. Uh, Honka aren't playing, you know, up and down. And they'll be guaranteed a, a European playoff place. And again, I don't have the mental capacity after to talk about the last division to talk about the Euro playoffs. Um, I know how they work, but still, it's to explain it in the King's English is quite a challenge. But uh, Let, if let's... you're in the top, if you're in the top half, you're guaranteed a playoff spot for the conference. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's again we'll do that at the end of the season and try and make yeah, it yeah. make it understandable <laughs> for people. I, I think sometimes when there's so many permutations, it it it's just not worth it's so much speculation you end up tying yourself in knots. We'll wait till the end of the season, see who's yeah. where and then explain why. The the only thing that can affect it now is who wins the cup. Um, right. Yeah. In that, um, the Sorman Cup. Are we, we're going to talk about that later. Yeah, we'll get to we'll get to Sorman okay. Cup, and, and maybe we can explain how that affects the the okay. play, yeah, the, cool. the European places. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about cups? Yeah. Um, again, <laughs> or not? <laughs> well, the thing is, they they've been doing well, and I think they beat. Um, Cortepe gave them a bit of a game, but as we we talked about last week, you know that they were missing their best player. Um, they won it. Ilves, it wasn't a great win, but they, it was 3-0, which kind of looks good on paper. Um, and but didn't really get out of second gear against Asicor. That was, I hate to say it, a very comfortable 3-0 victory last week. But then, yeah, they went to really was. but then they've gone to Hacker last weekend, and Hacker in reasonable form as well, um, trying to get out of that bottom half of, the, mm. of that relegation group. And they went 2-0 um, down. Um before coming back to to secure a valuable Desmond, but um, they've been busy in the transfer market as well. And I mean, Teti Yengi, who we talked about, he came, he was a VPS last year, and come back on loan from Ipswich. He's not scored yet in seven games. Uh, Jake Jervis, who was actually last year, he's scored one goal in his seven games against that. So against that, um, no, that was against. He didn't score against Asi, did he? Oh, didn't I think he? one went down. Oh, um, maybe he set one up no. then. He set, he set one up, yeah, he But um, he set up the first one. But um, yeah, so again, the, the, the new signs haven't worked out. They, they've signed they signed a um, a Brazilian midfielder on loan from, from Sweden called uh, Eliton Jr., who looks quite impressive and he scored against Asi. He but, did, um, yeah, he did. Yeah, he's, he's looked quite impressive. But I think, um, again, with, with Cups, they. You know, the, the European exit was a, a bit of a shambles with the way that all happened. Um, 
And I think it's almost like, you know, this isn't a vintage year. This isn't a team, a year where one team has kind of stepped in and walked away with it like they mm -hmm. did, was it four, four years ago? Um, and I think it's been a lot closer. You've got on paper three teams kind of almost trying not to win the title. <laughs> it looked it looked like you were pushing pushing Ashley Court off the edge of that piece of paper there, Rich. You were thinking about no, it. No, it's, it's it's an A4, it's fine. But um <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I mean you've got teams and, and obviously Hoy Core have come into form at this time and you know whether it's the, the right time or not remains to be seen. But again, winning four, four or five games in a row at any time is, is good. And um I mean it really was Cups is to lose at one point. Um and they seem to have kind of had a little bit of a stumble at the weekend, but going to Hoyko on Sunday is going to be a massive one. It's mm -hmm. not going to be, mm -hmm. it's not going to be particularly open, I don't think. But um, you know, Coops have got a big incentive to win that one. Yeah, and I think I think Asiko are having a, a kind of a season of of two halves. We were talking at the in the first half of the season about how tight the defence was, and you know, we weren't really creating enough chances and scoring enough goals, but we were winning games. 1-0 or 2-1 or, you know, whatever. I mean, we had several clean sheets in a row at one at one stage and and now it's just gone. And I don't know... I, I remember saying at the start of the season, like, we had Ovi Ejeri in goal the, on loan from Arsenal when he was young. He looked a bit unconvincing in the uh, Liga Cup games indoors. And then the season started and he grew into that role. And I, I still remember saying after four or five games, I don't know how good he is because the defence is not letting shots get to him. And and then towards the end of his spell, I think we got we got thumped four by Olu and he was in goal and maybe cracks were starting to appear there, but he was still playing well. Um, but I don't know if it's... Yeah, so here's some of the theories about from, from talking to different people about why the season has kind of gone the way it's gone in the last six weeks or so. One is that the goalie's gone. And maybe, you know, rhetorically, was he controlling the defence and marshalling things and keeping everything tight? Didn't seem to be that loud or that vocal, but maybe. Maybe they had confidence. Then we we bring in a goalkeeper from Latvia, Christians uh, Zvidris. He played a few games let in quite a few goals, but then is that the goalkeeper or is it the defence? Because he's now been replaced by a young Nicaraguan goalkeeper who I, I think was brought in for the academy, but has been put up into the first team and he's still letting in two or three goals a game. So is it the goalkeeper? Um, I've had someone suggest they're not fit enough because they're letting in goals at the end of the game. I've also had someone else suggest that they're overtrained, they're too fit, they're exhausted, and they can't finish a game. And so I don't. I mean, they're they're kind of two sides of the same coin. It's almost it's, like no one knows. It, it's almost like yeah. fans are just speculating, and nobody knows anything about football. Um, one one thing that, that's been said, and this might have something to do with it, is whether you like whether your signings have worked or not. You made some signings for the first team to strengthen the first team, and Ashley Cole haven't. So is that something that maybe was needed in the middle of the season just to give everything a bit of a lift? And now you've just got the same players. And when at the start, first half of the season, you know, this young player coming on with energy and enthusiasm was something to be excited about. Now you're thinking, oh, we've only got 
younger, inexperienced players to come on the bench. And it's and, and then maybe it's that inexperienced thing that you know there's just players who haven't experienced this kind of thing before, and it's difficult for them to lift themselves out of a out of a slump. I don't I don't know. I think it shows again with with the other clubs around them being more experienced, Heiko, Cups especially, um, bigger first team squads anyway. And I think in the case of of Cups, you've had a couple of players who've come in into a good run of form around the kind of middle of the season when, you know, they've come in and in case of injury or things like that. And I, I'm sort of pointing the finger a little bit at Arthur Heinen here, who, who's come into a little bit of form. He wasn't a regular at all. I mean, he was mainly being used as a substitute and then came on and scored, I think, five goals in the last five games. Um, Hoyko are able to rotate a little bit and they've got perhaps more goals from elsewhere, mm-hmm. but they've got players like... Ola Sanya, who's not a regular starter, who can come in and score goals. I think last year he scored several winning goals in, in the games yeah. and, and and players like that. So they've got more options. Whereas Atiko, from the outside, from my point of view anyway, mm. it seems like quite a... Like you said, it's a settled squad and there's not a lot of freshening. And because of the way, whether it's the way the club's set up and that you've got the, the two defined academy and then the first team... I know there's some movement between the two, mm, but mm. Um, you know, again, signings aren't just there to strengthen that first team or, or the youth side or the academy side or anything. But like you said, they, they also provide a little bit of whether it's competition or a bit of outside now, something like that. And I think, you know, with with Ovi when he was there from Arsenal, you know, obviously he wasn't a first team player at Arsenal by any stretch of mm. imagination, but it's it's easy to kind of say you know maybe he didn't have that much to do with it and and but on paper you look at it and go as soon as he left yeah yeah and it it is odd because um you know they signed an experienced international goalkeeper to replace it who's not even in the squad now whether he's you know obtained a mysterious illness or whatever but um you know he's not there so there's obviously something going on and i guess this is where um kenny gomez is gonna have to earn his earn his money because you know he you know, I, I've never met him, so I don't know. But you know, there, there's a lot about him. He has a reputation of being, you know, a thinker. He's on Sky Sports. He's on all these places talking about, you know, the the thought of management and all the the coaching kind of stuff. This is where he has to show it because mm. he's done mm. what he's done already has been very impressive. But now he's in a slump, mm. and you can't play Maraham at home every week. So this is where it's kind of have to go. Thinking, you know, they, they still have a shot at the title. It's very slim now, let's be honest. But they have this they're still there. And you know, what does he do? He's got players who got, you know, the vast majority of that squad got them top of the table, got them winning games, and got them playing in many cases good football. So again, what do you do to turn that around? And I think um, you know, this is where he, he earns his money. Yeah, it will be it will be very interesting to see how this uh how this proceeds. And and also, even if it doesn't even if it doesn't work, even if they don't win, you know, if we finish third or whatever, it's it is progress from last year with a young and, and you know, we're 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 all very, very keen to tell how young the youngest team in the Bakehouse League and all of that. But it's true. And next year they'll be one year older. There weren't huge changes in the close season this year. I hope that there's not huge changes next year because there's a lot of good there. And I've been to, actually been to two or three 
academy games this year and there's players there that are looking very useful and ready to come through and some of them have played in the first team they're they're on the fringes on the bench whatever um personally i want to see that continue i don't want this to be ripped up and i'd like i hope if if well let's say if this, if the club decides that kinney continues for another season then i hope that that's how it how it develops going going forward we'll um, we'll see but it does look like you know they're, they're extending contracts mm. uh, moreno yegby mm. got new contracts kinney signed an option earlier in the year i think was it um or extension or so they Maybe. secured an option on it. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're obviously, they're, there's obviously a project there. And, and again, they're trying to do things a little bit differently with analytics and the way they're coaching, the way they're recruiting. Because again, like, yeah. you know, this isn't meant to be a derogatory comment, but the fact that we talked about last week, how there are no Ashipo players in the under 21 Finland mm-hmm. 21 squad. And the fact is that realistically, I think there's only two in the last match day squad that were probably even eligible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank. Yeah, you're right, Rich, um, and you're very you know. gallant to to not allow myself because I I complained in the WhatsApp group that you know there's no there's no Finnish player, no no Ashley core players in their Finland under twenty ones, only to realise that there aren't actually that many Finnish under twenty ones in the team at the moment. So uh, yeah, but yeah. but but then that that's within the rules of the Palolito. That that's something that the the club are working with and and doing things differently, and mm. whether it's part of becoming a a more self-sustainable club, whether it's part of just doing things a bit differently in order to gain an advantage, we don't know. We'll, we'll see down the down the. And, down and the I think it was also that some of those under twenty-one players had just aged out as well. So it's it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, you know. So it's, it's not 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 just that. But I think we, we are at a point where you know that they're doing things their way. Or Hoyko, for example, do things one way. Other clubs in Finland do you know they, whether they only recruit. You know, there's some clubs. That, you know, can turn out a first team of 11 Finnish players and win, you know, that, that sort of thing. But most can't. And, you know, if you're going to look to do things a little bit differently, then, you know, you can't go around hoovering up the best Finnish talent unless you're Hoiko. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, that's how football is. Any, any other um, teams that you want to mention specifically? Or should we... Um, just have a we we can have a little pause and then come back because I'd I'd like to talk about the um the manager situation in Bakehouse League. Yeah, Any that's, anything that's else that you'd like to? Um no, I think that, that that's it. I think the the managerial merry-go-round will uh, will cover most of the rest of it. Yeah, all right. In that case, let's just take a quick break to have a look at our shop. Right. So in here we are in the in the Finnish football show tea public shop and. In honour of what's been going on over in Pohyamar, I thought we'd show the Vaza shirt here. As we've said before, these are the, the FFS Team Colours 2023 shirts, and there's one for every town that's in the Bakehouse Liga. So moved away a little bit from the, the team names and to the actual town itself. And you can see the Vaza logo there, or the Vaza name across our logo all the way across the front there. And, uh, you know, we're more than halfway through 2023. These things will become collector's items very, very soon. And, you know, available in many different colours, but obviously Vaza's colours are black and white. So got both versions there. Men's fits, women's fits, tight women's ones, looser women's ones. We're all different. 
and we recruit for all loose women. We do, we really do. And the prices at the moment are full price as set by T Public. We don't control those, but keep your eyes on there because there's often discounts. And when we notice, we try and uh, we try and share that in our Facebook group or or across Twitter. And I refuse to, to call it anything other than Twitter. The artist formerly known as the artist formerly known as Twitter. Yeah. Um, Rich, do you want to just do a little bit about the um, uh, coffee? Buy me a coffee. Buy me a coffee. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so that that's um, it's buymeacoffee.com, I believe it's um, that um, directly funds the uh, the goings on of the pod. Um, no contribution required. Uh, so I, from from us anyway, people just donate a, a one off small fee it's not a patreon so be honest there isn't that uh that extra content because um you know but there are running costs involved the zoom the bits and bobs even keke and his instagram ads and all that but um yeah i think we've um we've had some very generous donations again we've had um kathy grimes bought say uh well, it was a beer actually um, it was a beer thank you Kathy. you know of, you're, yeah, you know you know us too well a couple of weeks ago and um and farid our, our good old friend farid again Who's a, a fan of uh, AIF Ekanas in the Ukanen who are having a, a very good season? They certainly so, uh, are. He raised a beer to us and uh, paid for our beer while we were doing it. So uh, the yeah, thing is, the amount of Farid. beers, the amount of beers that Farid has brought us over the years, we're, we're in danger of developing a problem. But you know, thank you. We'll Ollie. manage. We'll, we'll manage. We'll manage. <laughs> there are five of us. Okay. Yeah. Thank. Thanks for everyone that's that's dropped us a dropped us a beer or or whatever and uh it helps it helps um let's let's get back to the bakehouse liga and the management situation um you you've mentioned a couple rich that that Hoyikor changed their manager back maybe in july mm, yeah um and you also mentioned Marianham. um changed managers more recently um and then in the last week or so olu and Kortepe as well so um maybe just just talk us through a little bit there what's been what's been going on who's in who's out and any any background info you've read about this um we had three in three days didn't we mm. i think um in, in finland we don't normally get this this level of change we might get maybe at the end of the season, a lot of people might might move on, mm. and and there'll be a couple throughout the year. But this time we've had six out of twelve now. Um, now, now Kups obviously changed theirs. I think after three games, and Hoiko did in the summer. But we've had uh, Ilves sacked Tony Calio on his forty fifth birthday. I think nice. within the last month, which was a, a nice birthday present for him. Um, they I think were winless in ooh, how many games? About 12 or 13 games, I think, um, when he left. And we're now at a point where Ilves then had a double header against, I think it was Asiolo in the league and then in the um, the Sauna Cup as well. And um, and it seems to have worked because um, they, yeah, as I said, they, they sacked Tony Gallio, replaced him with Yoni Lettinen, who was his assistant, his assistant is Pazi Tutti, who was the Cooks manager for three games at the start of the year, just to round off that little circle. And they had a double header against AC Olu in the Swarman Cup semi-final and in the league. 
and have got the monkeys off the back because they won both games. So that appears to have um, sort of brought a little bit of a bounce anyway. So uh, Ilves are now in the Swarman Cup final and uh, they also won um, the, their first league match in, in I think it's about nearly three months and they went to Oulu and won the 3-0. So, they, um, so he's now in charge. Then last week we had uh, AC Oulu sacked Ricardo Duarte, who was their manager for nearly two years. He'd already said about two weeks previously that he was going to leave at the end of the season because, in his words, he'd run out of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I appreciate it's very challenging to to run a top division club and the challenges that go with it, but um, he, yeah, so he said he was going to leave at the end of the year. I mean, the progress they've made under him since um, since he took over has been been fantastic. But um, yeah, the week, money they've been spending as well. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And um, there's a lot going on behind the scenes as well. I think they've changed the CEO recently, hmm. and they're looking to get a new stadium. But um, but they decided last week because in the last month or six weeks or so, all they were threatening to make the title race a four-horse race. Mm, mm. Um, then they sold Otso Limata to Portugal, again, facilitated by Ricardo Zuarte. He basically assisted them in finding a club that was suitable for, for their star player. Uh, he left. They've gone right off a cliff. And uh, I think they've now lost four of their last five games. And uh, so he was sacked last week and um and again just the kind of the shambles that's going on there they carried on to to lose the hoi at the weekend but again not necessarily a shambles there but mm. um but that again was i believe was that wednesday of last week maybe tuesday of last week um so he's gone then the following day cortepe sacked their manager yussi letalati who was, I think, seen as quite, you know, progressive and, and generally outward thinking coach, you know, not had some ideas. I mean, they've made a lot of transfers over the winter. Not many of them have worked particularly well. Um, he only signed a new contract extension in July. So they have to pay him off another year than they would have done otherwise. Um, they replaced him with the veteran Finnish coach Juha Malinen, mm-hmm. who was last seen coaching the under twenty ones. He did quite well with um, with Rops uh, when they were in the top division maybe six or seven years ago. And actually, he was the coach who Robert Taylor praised for kind of bringing him on a level when he was at Rops uh, back in those days. So we we talked about that with um, with Robert, and his name was mentioned again as the kind of media focus on, on Robert Taylor has, has come in. But, they, um, but yeah, they he came in uh, last week and Cortepe got a, uh, I mean, it was difficult because they were away to VPS. So lost, of course, but um, they did. It was a spirited performance. Anyway. Well, and, and Cortepe were here in Sainioki. Um mm. Was it a week ago? Or two, mm, yeah. I was losing track of my times. But, two, two but you know, we... we um, <laughs> Saniyoki started like a like a bullet and were all over Cortepe for forty seconds before they'd scored the first goal and we, you know we we thought that it was going to be party time. I mean, it's very unfortunate it was a Monday night. Otherwise, you know, it could have been a party. But but then sort of I think it happened a bit too quick and then Cortepe came back into it and 
then we we had to you know we went two one down it was two two and then they scored in the last minute and that was a real a real kick in the nuts and so but it was surprising then to see that they they changed their manager so soon after almost like you know beating Nasty core is not good enough yeah and I think um they I mean they they played at Coops and they again put up a bit of a fight but I think it was just one of those where they were having a good sort of reasonably good sort of first half of the season they were starting to drift as as other teams were starting to pick up things around and I think they lost four of their five games um before they sat the manager so um again decisive action required but you know it'll be expensive for them one way or the other having to pay off pay off the former coach and um and then on Thursday evening, Thursday afternoon last week, uh, Maryham sacked their coach, Daniel Norman, who'd been there for last year or the year before. Um, they've been bottom. They've been absolute rubbish this year, to be frank. I'm sorry to, to Johan, who listens and is a Maryham fan, but they haven't been very good. Uh, last season, they weren't very good, but had a couple of strikers who came into form at just the right time to kind of lift them out of that malaise. But they're now starting to be left adrift at the bottom of the table. I think there's now a four-point gap between themselves and Lati as we, as we speak. Uh, he's been replaced by Jimmy War. Jimmy War, we're talking. Um, and again, an experienced coach in that. But uh, whether he'll come in and, and do much again, they, they lost at the weekend when uh, in his first game and he's got really got his work cut out. I mean, again, like you said, they went to Maryham, went to Asiko, Went 2-0 up. I mean, that first goal was an absolute bullet, wasn't it? That was a beautiful goal. I mean, if, if you watch the, the replays, you'll probably see me even my jaw open just saying, what a goal. That was, and it was, just dead straight. Second one, I couldn't quite see what happened. It was at the other end, and it looked like the, the, the forward got through and sort of just clipped it past the goalkeeper, but it trundled into the bottom corner. Um, And then there was the comeback, and, and we, we got... A last minute win uh for once rather than tossing it away at the end and we hung around and we, we met some friends and hung around in the stadium it was lady Sutter's birthday week so we we had a couple of drinks after the game and uh as we were leaving saw mate radetsky and his uh other half walking out walking away from the stadium with uh, Tuko, who was back in town with Mariaham and one and, and another player, I think, and a, a friend of his, and uh, they were blocking the sidewalk. And as I cycled past, we gave him a shout, and I got a nice high five from Tuko as we as we passed as we went past, which was uh, which was nice. It's unlike um, him, he normally misses. Well, <laughs> I think we leave that we leave that one there, Rich. Mike, Mike drop, Mike drop. Um, I think that that maybe um, we should we because Keke is not here to do the, the the Finns overseas and that is his baby. So you we kind of touched on Sawman Cup just for again for the record the the, the semi finals were Honka one Maryham nil and Ilves one Olu nil, which sets up a, a final on the thirtieth of September, which is Honka against Ilves. Uh, the venue for that, Rich, is it in? Uh, that's the Olympia Stadium. Yep. Is it okay? Yeah, uh, uh, tickets are on sale. I think uh, Friday. Um, but um, but yes, and again, you know, we're boring people too much. Um, there is 
if I think if Honka win the cup and end in the top half of the table, then the European place playoffs drop to seventh and eighth. Okay. So you can still finish in the top two of the bottom half of the table and, and be involved in the, um, the the European game. So there's still some. And that's some where the splitting the splitting the uh, league, and it kind of keeps the thing alive through to the mm. end, doesn't it? And you know, I know it's been in Scotland for twenty odd years, and it's been in place here maybe for five years or so now. But you know, it when when if you looked at the look at the table and think, well, if, it, if there wasn't that split, there'd be a lot of teams not really playing for much after just two thirds of the season already gone. Yeah. Um, so it keeps it keeps everything nice and uh, nice and lively. Um and I guess that, that maybe maybe that, and unless there's any any kind of notable stories from players moving around overseas that that you want to mention, Rich? Um I mean we're still waiting for a couple, aren't we? I guess um you know, we're, we're towards the end of the, the main European transfer window. Um, again, I, I guess we can talk about now because mm. until the next one. But, you know, um, McLean Kamara is believed to be on the cusp of moving from Rangers to Leeds. Is he travelling down there on a on a unicycle or something? Because it's been talked it's about taken, for a very long time. It's taken a while. I think we might have mentioned it on the last pod. <laughs> How long it's been going on for? Um, these mega buses take a really weird route. But, um, <laughs> but I, I think even that weird here we go geezer on on twitter has talk, tweeted about it so we'll see but uh i mean he he really would benefit from from that move um and i think that's been yeah it's been kind of training with the reserves or mm. better rangers for a while so that that would g him up and again have a big sort of impact on on finland um i think other than that everything is kind of i'll leave it for keke when he's back, um, yeah. I, mean, I guess this this week, Richard Jensen's moved to Aberdeen. Aberdeen, uh, yeah. Which is, which is, I can see that on Keke's um, Instagram uh, Instagram page. There, you can find the links to that in the show notes. But it's Finnish underscore football underscore show on Instagram, and there's now eight hundred and seventy two followers hanging on Keke's every word, which is and, uh, and without blowing our own trumpet, one of them is Robert Taylor. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, again, like Kekka's tweeted about it. You know, Mika Soisolo has moved to Hungary from Latvia. He's um, on the sort of fringes of the Finland squad. Ilmari Niskanen has gone to Exeter, mm. where he's joining uh, Sinisalo. So again, you know, Finn's Finn's moving around a little bit, and uh, you, know, you can talk about the the Helmer as well. And um, someone we talked about a while ago, not for a while, Terry Abladi, mm. Ablade, depending on who's commentating. Yeah. He's a uh, uh, Finland under twenty one striker um, on the books of Fulham, and he's gone to Carlisle for the year. So a um, very long commute. Yeah, the, uh, definitely, nice definitely is travel lot, tavern there. But but a lot of players moving sort of to lower league teams to get some get some game time, which is which is important. And I think moving from the Scottish Championship down to League One in Exeter is not is probably a comparable move. It seems it seems low down for. Um, for someone like Niskanen, who's an international player, but um, let's see how it pans out. But, but then again, you know, I think Exeter have started the season quite well. I can't say what, but um, you know, Sinisalo's gone there, Niskanen's gone there. I mean, I would imagine they wouldn't have gone there without speaking to to Rive 
to mm. see about their international chance. Mm. I'm sure they would have consulted him. So he must have given them some reassurance that as long as they're playing, they're still being considered. So. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's true. All right, Keke, Ali, Mark, we miss you. We hope to have you all back next time. We will be back in about a week's time to look at those international games as the Euro qualifiers start to get a bit tasty. Um, I couldn't find specific numbers, but I think that Denmark home game is basically sold out now, Rich, isn't it? It is is sold out, yeah. They released some tickets uh, last week and uh, they went very quickly indeed. So unless there's any stragglers or returns, that's going to be a full house. It is stunning, isn't it? That's the third home game that's sold out at the Olympia Stadium. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I, and I think the other two, the Northern Ireland and Kazakhstan games, are also selling well. Yeah. Um, I guess whether they sell out or not will depend on the results next week. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's right. Um, but listener, I think that's it for this show. Thanks for thanks for being there, Rich. Thank you. It would have been a much shorter, a much less informative listen for the read the listener if you hadn't been there. So uh, thanks thanks for that. I'll see you next week and uh listener until next time thanks for listening or watching the finnish football show bye you've been listening to the finnish football show you can find us online at finnishfootballshow.com remember to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching you can follow the finnish football show page and group on facebook and also on instagram see the links in the episode description you can also connect with the five hosts on twitter at explore finland at FC Sorby, at Escape to Sorby, at Kekimulari, and at Mano99. Links to the Finnish Football Show merch stores are also in the episode description. <laughs>